I've just come back from Annecy. Who has been to Annecy before, south of France? It is a little touch of paradise. Um, I had my full of uh, cream, ham, uh, and, and che- lots of cheese. And, and the thing is, uh, uh, who's on the whole banting high-protein thing? All of that is good, but the thing is that in France, everything is accompanied with bread and croissants. Croissant. I was corrected a few times. Uh, I, got, I got a little bit of my French going, but it was amazing, amazing, amazing time. We spent time with Nick and Esther. Uh, they lead a, a community down there, which is really just, uh, it is, it's just incredible. It's not a large community, but they are impacting that city. God is doing something incredible with them. It's, a, it's amazing to, to go and just learn from them. So we arrived on, so, and we never went on a holiday. It wasn't like this paid for holiday thing. It was, we went to go and minister. We arrived on, when is it, Saturday, Saturday evening. We went straight from there to the venue where I was going to be doing some music, uh, which I haven't done in years, uh, to the point where I actually ended up uh, forgetting most of the words of my song, which, which was fun. But they were all in French, so it was, it was okay. They didn't understand what I was or what I wasn't saying. But just, it was amazing. What they did is they, 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 uh, they fixed up an old, um, a couple in the church, they fixed up this old farmhouse, and they have this massive piece of land next to it. They made a stage, and there was about 100, 150 people there to start. And uh, I just ended up playing music. And really, it was just about showing love to the community. They had the biggest barbecue you can imagine. Uh, they had leftover meat probably for days. They had, as, as you do in France, they had about four cheese platters. Um, it was an amazing kush. You're looking longingly. You see, you sit in front, dude. It's going to happen. But, uh, but so, do you want to say anything about the trip? Just anything that you can... Hi, everyone. I was just struck by the hospitality from this French church. I mean, um, they're so classy. They're so polite. They've got such good manners. They're so respectful and so honoring. And, and Dan and I just felt so loved and appreciated. And um, there's a scripture that I actually spoke over them about, let your love be sincere and, and show hospitality to one another. And they really are being that in that town. So I encourage you, please, if you are going to Europe... Please go past and meet those people. They went out of their way for us, and I felt so loved, and I know they'll do the same for you. So please book that into your holiday. Just uh, an amazing thing. We had a prayer meeting, which for them was just a time of thanksgiving. But a lady that still hasn't come to faith, uh, that weekend, so I preached on the Sunday. She was just crying she was like struck by God's love for her, all that kind of thing. That day she prays for a job. She hasn't had a job in years. God gives her a job. She gets a call the next day. It's the perfect kind of job. Uh, we pray at the prayer meeting, just prayers of Thanksgiving, but she brings like six bottles of champagne to her prayer meeting. Honestly, only in France does that happen. Uh, and, and probably in Holland as well. Just alcohol kind of goes with everything. It's, part of, it's supposedly part of the culture, but... Um, it was interesting. I mean, everyone was quite sleepy at that prayer meeting. But um, just, yeah, just in, incredible people. Like, and I came back just with three simple things, and it's kind of tying into what I'm preaching on today, but just a sim- the simplicity of what the local church is. It's a love for Jesus. We don't just meet together because it's a good idea. We meet together under the Lordship of Jesus Christ. He died for us. 
He was risen. He rose again. We are going to be in heaven with Him one day. He is in us right now. He is, believe it or not, Jesus is right here with us. He is His Spirit, His omnipresent Holy Spirit is, is with us. He's dwelling in inside of us. It says, so the love for Jesus, the love for one another. The Bible is clear that the world will know that we are His disciples by our love for one another. And I think the biggest thing that the enemy tries to do in any local church is to bring disunity. There'll be maybe one or two voices who are a little bit unhappy with one or two things. They start spreading that unhappiness to one or two other people. Eventually, that becomes like a cancer in the church, and I've seen churches break up because of that. And uh, it's amazing. I know Nick and his church that he's been part of, they've had that. They had probably about a year and a half ago, 40, 50 people left the church. Now, when your church is only 80, when 40 or 50, okay, if one person leaves, I feel it. But 40 of, it's, it's a, they, they felt it, so they've, they've fought for that place of unity. So that love for Jesus, love for one another, and love for the community. And I think we've been t- I've been teaching over the past few weeks uh, about who we are in Christ, who am I, who is God, and now I'm looking tonight about who are we. Who are we as the body of Christ, His, His living body on this planet? What are we called to do? What are we called to be? What are we called to be involved in? What is, what is the, the, priori- the priorities we need to put into our lives to see His kingdom come? The moment you said yes to Jesus, your life wasn't your own anymore. And so often, and I've said this before, is that people get saved and they still live on the path of their own life and they think their lordship is themselves still. So Jesus is their savior, but He's not their master and He's not their king and He's not their lord. And they're still carrying down a path, and, and life is difficult. It's because we haven't surrendered our life fully to Jesus. And it's just amazing to be part of that community that is genuinely in love with God. There was a guy that just, um, you could see, he was just going, Merci, Senor, Merci, Senor. The whole time I was like, okay, cool, I understand exactly what he's saying there. Thank you, Lord. And he was just, he was just thanking God over and over. And I thought, we need to, I was just, I was so changed by this, by this, this community in, in, in France that I think we need to bring something of that. And when I told Nick, the guy who leads the church, he was like, wow, you know, thank you so much. Thank you that you've learned. And it's like you guys, they were doing incredible things. So let's pray together and then we're going to read the word. Heavenly Father, we, we come before you in a sense, like, like the song we sang, trembling, Lord God, but also with hearts full of gratitude that you are good, that you love us. Jesus, uh, right now, God, we want to just set aside everything that, uh, that is hindering us, anything that, that, is, that is blocking what you want to say. Lord God, we just, we just say it would be gone in the name of Jesus. Can you just pray for the person next to you? You don't have to lay hands or anything. Just pray for them. Say just that God, they would hear from the Father this evening. The, Father, I just pray for every single person here that you'd give us all a, a spirit of wisdom and a revelation, Father, to know you better, to know you deeper, Jesus. Let us fall in love again. Let us know you, God. Let us, some people who've maybe been disillusioned with the local church, let us fall in love again with your idea of what the church should be, this, 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 this community of God. We thank you in Jesus' name. Okay, so I'm going to read a few scriptures. Um, we'll see how far we're going to get. And then we're going to pray together. And uh, 
I think last week for me was, was a profound week. I think some people were ministered to. God comes in and He breaks in by His Spirit. We really want to try to follow the Holy Spirit, what He's saying, what He's doing in every aspect. So Ephesians 4. I think we've got it up there. Are there uh, I therefore, a prisoner of the Lord, this is Paul writing, I urge you to walk in a, many, a, many, a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one, bo- uh, there is one body, one Spirit, just as you were called to one hope that belongs to... Uh, so, there is one... Let me read out there. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your call. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. One God and Father of all, who is over all, through all, and in all. Okay, don't worry about that. We won't get onto that today. So, I've just, and alliterations, I don't normally do that in my preaching. I normally just open up the Bible and we, we kind of preach through that. But this just happened kind of quite quickly, actually. So it's quite cool. So it's all C's. If you are taking notes, number one, we're a people of Christ. Number two, we're people of courage and conviction. I'll say it again later. Number three, we're people of character. And uh, four is, we're people of community. And we'll see how far we're going to get in all of these, okay? It's, uh, I love what it says here, Paul's, Paul's writing in, 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 in four and five. I think we need to start in that place where it says we are one body uh, with one spirit, etc. And these are, these are things that I think we need to understand as believers. We need to understand and get entrenched deep into heart. So it says here, it's one body, which means we're on the same team. We don't speak badly of people on the same team. And I... Uh, and I've been in church long enough to know that gossiping is a favorite pastime of most Christians. And especially a gossiping towards other people inside a local church or from another local church. And for me, it's, and I know I've probably been part of it and I've repented before God. But I think we need to, we need to have this, this, this idea always that, that we can learn from other people. That we don't have it all together. That that. If, if someone is doing something different to us, it means they're different. It doesn't mean they're wrong. Sometimes people are in error, and I think that's where we can say, okay, cool, well, they've gone wrong, and they, biblically they've, they've kind of gone out of, of, out of kilter. But also, who are we to judge and say that and, and knock people down? Because at the end of the day, we're also trying our best as a local church to get things done. And I think the moment we understand that when, if I had to punch Ramsey on, on his arm, he would, because I'm so incredibly strong, he would feel it in his whole body, and, uh, which is not true. Sorry, I'm going to switch this off. And, um, and I think we need to realize that as Christians, when, when one person is hurt or one person is, is spoken negatively about, we should, we, it, it affects us all. We are one body. We're part of the same team. We, we, and I think the church, for the longest time, hasn't been able to get this right. And we were recently at HTB, a conference, and... Um, and to be honest, like the first little bit of the conference time, like, okay, what are we doing? I know this is for a very kind of a British context, and it's, and it's amazing. But kind of reflecting on the time afterwards, it was like, 
Wow, here you have this guy, Nicky Gumbel. Sure, know, a lot of you know who he is. You guys know who he is. Um, and uh, and he, he really did, he, he brought in the Anglicans and the uh, born-again Catholics, and he's really is striving to see unity in the church in the UK. And all our UK friends were like, wow, this is amazing. And I think we didn't celebrate as much because it's out of our context. And I think we need to get to a place where we don't, we don't lower the bar of truth, but we actually we're able to have a, re, a relational capacity across churches in the city and with one another. So we're one body. If one person experiences victory, we, 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 we cheer the people on. And I think sometimes that's the hardest thing in church. Sometimes you've been trusting God for something for ages and someone else gets a victory like, oh God, what about me, you know? And I think... We need to learn and have the maturity to celebrate other people's victories, which is easier said than done. Am I right? Okay. 429, uh, in Ephesians 4.29, it says, um, Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such it is good for building up as fits the occasion that it may give, give grace to those who hear. Our words are powerful. What we say matters. And I think, and I've, and I've also listened to people over the past few weeks, oh, I hate this, I hate where I live, I, my, my job, whatever. When we start speaking negatively over something, you walk into a negative thing. And I think we have to realize that even if pe- people aren't hearing what you're saying about them, it's, it's, if it's not building them up, it's breaking them down. And I know people have said negative stuff towards me, and I've, I thank God that is protecting me from stuff. But I think, honestly, we need we need to speak well of our brothers and sisters. We're on the same team. We've got a common enemy. His name is Satan. He hates all of us. Simple, okay. It says here, one spirit. And I think these are the seven doctrinal things that we need to grasp as a church, but one spirit. We are, we are of one spirit. I've been, I went, believe it or not, I went for a run around the Annecy Lake. Well, not really around. I ran to the Annecy Lake and then sought and then ran back, but it was, it was far enough, because behind the mountains, I couldn't run far, it was just like an altitude thing, um, but I, I ran there, there was such fresh air, you can literally drink the water out of a fountain, I, there's this fountain that was just kind of, uh, just kind of shooting water out of random, you can, it tastes like Evian water, it was unbelievable, and I felt rejuvenated after that because I was, cleaning, I, was, I was breathing in this clean mountain air. And I think it's the same with the church. The church without the Spirit is dead. We get into a whole bunch of rules. Bono said, and I think he was quoting Billy Graham, he says, religion is when God moves out and we make a set of rules to, to, to fill its space. We never want God to move out of our lives of our church. Let us never get too clever for the Holy Spirit. Sometimes we have moments like we did in worship where like, okay, God, what are you doing? What are you saying? Sometimes we, we, we hit it and we like the Holy Spirit comes. Sometimes we just miss it. But I'd rather have the moment of church being a little bit messy and us finding the Holy Spirit and finding the pneuma, which is the Greek word for spirit, and the breath of God than us getting into a whole bunch of rules and we've got good theology and we've got all of this stuff entrenched inside of us, but we've got no life of the Spirit. We need the breath of God in our lives. Acts 3.19, it says, Repent then and turn to God, that your sins may be wiped out, that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. God wants to bring 
a time of refreshing in our lives. And today I was just, as I was prepping um, and just sitting on my couch and just, I just started worshiping and I felt like my spirit was just like, oh, it was just a bit of a struggle. So I went and got my guitar, started worshiping and I got into a place of worship where I felt like, okay, cool, now I'm connecting with God. We need to find that place in a busy lifestyle, in a busy city. We need to find the place of being led and drawn by the Holy Spirit. Stala's grandfather, who has led incredible churches, he, he wrote a commentary on Ephesians, which I think we have, we had. And you can go pick that up, but it's just, he wrote a few things. He says, we need to be led by the Spirit. We need to be filled with the Spirit. We need to walk in the Spirit. We need to bear fruit of the Spirit, and we mustn't quench the Spirit. And I think there's stuff we can do in our lives that quenches the Spirit. And it's, if, if you read what Paul writes... It's often around unity. It's often around how we talk about each other and how we are and interact with one another that the Spirit gets quenched. Jesus has dealt with sin. The Holy Spirit moves even if there's sin in people's lives. The Holy Spirit moves because he, God is so desperate for, for us to come and repent before Him and, 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 and love on Him that He'll do anything. And I think the Spirit is often quenched when there's disunity in, in our hearts and in our lives. We have one hope. There's three pillars in the church. Faith, hope, and love. I'm going to just, I'm going to forget this if I don't read it out. We have the hope of the resurrection of the dead. One day our bodies are going to rise again to be, to be sons and daughters of the living God in eternity with the King. We have a living hope, which is Jesus Christ. Hebrews 10.23 says, Let us hold tightly without, without wavering to the hope we affirm. For God can be trusted to keep His promise. And that's what I was trying to get across even in the worship time, that sometimes the promise of God seems so far. It seems like so unattainable. It seems like God has forgotten me. God's promises can be trusted. Abraham and Sarah waited 20, 30 years to have a kid. God's promises can be trusted. And I've often seen that when there's a delay in the promise, there's an amazing fruit that is coming. So Stala and I, some of you know the story, but uh, there was a bit, of a, a bit of a battle for us to get together. Her dad uh, did not like me. Uh, no, he liked me but until I liked her. And that kind of was like an equation to say, I hate you. So it wasn't hate, but it was pretty close to hate because Christians can't hate. And, um, and uh, so he... So he made my life quite difficult. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, I would go to him probably two times a year and I'd say, listen, uh, Ash, has anything changed in your heart towards Stalin and I getting together? He'd be like, no. Nah. I'd, rather, I'd rather die. <laughs> I'd rather I was dead than you get together with my daughter. And um, anyway, I'm making it sound really bad, but it was. And um, so we got to the, the point where we had to kind of agree to disagree. We got married, and now, like, I'm definitely the favorite. I'm not just saying that. And even jokes, jokes about it in the kitchen, like the one time we're standing there, and he's like, hey, Dan, I gave you a hard time. Ha, ha, ha. I'm like, dude, do you see me laughing? It wasn't fun. <laughs> Star and I, like, I mean, Star will tell her side of the story. One day we're going to write a book on it. But it basically came to the point where it felt like sometimes there was a death because we had to, like, release each other. But then I knew that, in a sense, God had hardened Pharaoh or slash Ashley Bell's heart. He had, he had hardened his heart so I would rise up 
and, and take hold of the promise that God has given us. And that's what Ron was saying. Grabbing hold of the promises of God are never a passive thing. I think we can spend hours in prayer. I used to spend nights in prayer on my knees. God, give me style. Give me... Until the point where I, I, would, I was praying for the wrong thing. Instead, of, I was praying for Stala's dad's heart to change, which may have never, even though it has now and he, and he loves me and stuff, I think even above her, her, his natural son, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a little bit higher. And um, he, he, he oh, I lost it. Yeah, praying for the breakthrough. And eventually the breakthrough came when I said, listen, I love Starla. And she's, she's my inheritance. She was yours. She's now mine. And, uh, and we got to the point where we, we, we kind of agreed to disagree and Starla moved across here. And we st- from the moment we got engaged, we saw the blessing of God pour out on our lives. And we waited five years. Okay? So those of you who are waiting for husbands, wives, it's sometimes good because if there's a delay in the promise, God is, is, is multiplying the blessing. He is multi- that is honestly, I feel like a word from God for some of you guys. If there's a delay in the promise, He's multiplying the blessing over your life. Our marriage has been awesome. I'm not just saying that. Uh, we are, um, uh, careful I say this, we're probably the worst marriage counselors on this planet. Because sometimes I don't get it. I can just like, oh, sorry, you know. Um, and I love you, and I'll send you to Stu and Bridget. Because <laughs> they can help you walk a journey. But uh, I just think we, we have to realize that, that God has spoken. The Bible says that there's the great and precious... Uh, pr- sorry, I'm going to get this wrong. Very great and precious promises that He's spoken over every single person sitting here. And sometimes our life has pushed away these promises. And I totally forgot. Kurt, you're going to share after I'm finished here. I didn't have it written down. Kurt's got some exciting news about the promises of God being fulfilled. So this is perfect. Okay, so we have one hope. We hold fast to the promises that God has spoken. We have one Lord. If you, if you translate that word Lord, it's King, Master. Basically, Jesus is in charge. We can't, ha- we can't serve God and money. We can't serve comfort and, and money. We cannot serve an idol uh, uh, and Jesus at the, sa- at the same time. So I didn't say, we can't serve comfort and Jesus at the same time. There's one faith, one baptism, one God and Father over all. We live in a time, and I don't think it's very different to Paul's time, where there is, there's supposedly many ways to heaven. And, and Christianity and probably Islam and, uh, and Judaism are the three, three religions that have a single say, we are the only way. Jesus comes along, the incarnate God. He comes in, 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 in the form of a flesh. And he, and he says, listen, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father, to Father God in heaven but through me. There's an exclusivity. And I think for, for too long, and I've seen, I've just been reading some of like just evangelical news over the past while. Even some strong evangelical pastors who we, who we would think are, they, they're solid. They're also saying that oh, there's maybe more than one way to heaven telling you tonight, there's only one way, and it's through Jesus. And uh, what an amazing thing that you're actually sitting here. If it's the first time you're hearing that, or you've heard it for years, that you have a choice in your heart to make, to follow Him. There is, there is one way to heaven. One faith and one God and Father of us, us all. We are a people of courage and conviction. That's my point too. So the first point, we are, we are, we are, we are Christ's people. We're people of courage 
and conviction. It's going to become increasingly hard for us to be believers in, this, in these times. It's, uh, we are, we, you just look around the world, we need to be solid in what we believe. We cannot be kind of indifferent about a few things. We have to be, well, we, we serve Jesus Christ. And uh, that's why I think for me, learning doctrine and learning theology and all these things are good because it makes you solid. It makes you grounded on something that is external, which is not my word, my good idea, my ten ways to help you, but actually the word of God that is eternal and comes from the, the mouth of God. Courage refuses to give up. Uh, so courage refuses to give up long before, before everyone. I, got that, I totally wrote that down wrong. Apologies. <laughs> T.S. Eliot said this. Only those who risk going too far can possibly find out how far one has how far one can go. We have to step out in courage. We have to be a people of courage. We're a people of character. I'm missing out a few things here. It says uh, in verse 4, it says, Work, walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called. And, uh, and I think for too long, the church, because I've been part of it for a long time, and I've seen different models of church, people's view of church is that it becomes a behavior modification place. Is that cool? I'm going to come to church. I better behave myself. That kind of thinking will always lead to more sin. That is called law because you're putting law on yourself. And the Bible says that law stirs up sin. Now Paul writes here clearly how we can actually be, how we can walk in step with the Spirit but also walk free in a lot of ways from sin. It says, he says you need to be renewed in 4 verse 23 by the Spirit of your minds. We've all been to restaurants in Dubai. Someone comes and serves you. It's bad service. Uh, it's quite robotic. You ask. Uh, Stala loves doing this. And I, I, the thing is, I get irritated. And I shouldn't get irritated because I already know the answer that, that the waitress is, or the waiter is going to give me. She'll go, so the chicken, uh, Kung Pao chicken, what is inside there? And then they, they open it up. You've all experienced it. They go, it's chicken. It's uh, this, that. And they, they name the ingredients that you've just read. And it's like, you know, we want a little bit more. We want you to describe it to us. And, uh, and I've realized often with bad service anywhere in the world, it's often not with the, the one or the two, the, the waiter, but it's actually got to do with the, the, the management. And I think to relate this back to what I'm saying is that if we need, it's not so much our actions that, uh, that we need to try to change, but we need to change our thinking. We need to go back to the management we need to, and that's why, for me, we need to go back to the basics of Christianity, what it means to walk out in a new life. Our hearts has changed. Our lives has changed. We are different. But what does it look like? Our sexuality is completely different. We do not follow the ways of this world. Last week we read that, that, the, that people's minds were darkened in their unbelief. We do not follow the ways of this world. Our money starts to look different. Our money is focused towards the kingdom of God. Absolutely everything changes. We're a people of community. And then I'm going to get Kurt to come and speak, and I'll speak on a few things a bit more next week because it's really going to be good and profound. We're a people of community. I want to read Romans 12. I've got it up there. Can you put it up, please, Johnny? Is it there? Okay. 
No, that's, that's not the version, sorry. I, I gave Bruce. I want to read you this version. Give me a few seconds. Thank the Lord for internet. says, talking about community, I touched on this last week, it says, love others well, don't hide behind a mask, love authentically, despise evil, pursue what is good as if your life depends on it, live in true devotion to one another, loving each other as sisters and brothers, and I, I think sometimes we we forget that the person sitting next to you, they may be a physical brother or sister, but there's a spiritual brother and sister. Be first, to honors, be first to honor others by putting them first. Do not slacken your faithfulness and hard work. C- community costs. Giving our lives to something bigger than ourselves is not convenient. And I, I just had a phrase this week that I was saying to start. We sometimes have a calendar of comfort and a calendar of convenience in Dubai. It's what is the most comfortable thing for me and what is the most convenient thing for me. And that's what I put number one in my diary instead of the kingdom first. And Kurt's going to share something of his story of how over the past few years he's, he's prayed and he's put the kingdom first in his life. And I can guarantee you when you start to do that, God flips your world upside down, but it's changed for the better. It says, um, let your spirit be on fire, bubbling and boiling over as you serve the Lord. When you come and serve coffee, when you greet at the door, when you have someone over for dinner, let your spirit be bubbling over. Do not forget to rejoice, for hope is always around the corner. Hold up through the hard times that are coming and devote yourselves to prayer. Share what you have with the saints so they are not lacking. Take every opportunity to open your life and your home to others. Kurt, would you mind coming up? And then... Maya and the boys can come just now. We're going to pray for you. But I've asked Kurt to share something of his story. Some of you may have seen on Facebook already, but... Hi, y'all. Maya told me before I started to make sure I don't say um. So I just got it out of the way. So, and if I do, you can... For every time I say um, you can cough. You guys want to stand up here with me? Sure. It's kind of our story. So... And what I also don't want this to be... I don't want this to sound boastful at all, like I've got it all together and that I know how um, to do things right. It's, but I've learned a few things. I've been a Christian for about 17 years and I know what my life was like beforehand of trying to get it all done and to be in, to con- be in control of my life. And then I became Christian and Ever since then, life was really easy because I was like, oh, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your, lean not on your own understanding. Have childlike faith. Okay, God loves me. I will follow him and I will do what he wants. So I just leave all the decisions to God. Okay? So this year we knew that there was going to be a time of change for us. We mostly because of these guys, 
They've even said the only reason why they like to be in Dubai anymore is because of city lights. Um, but besides that, they're fed up with it. And our plan was to stick around for another year, and then we just said, well, God will show us our way. And, and this might sound like we're not pious, or at least I'm not, I'm not sitting there reading my Bible every day and praying for 30 minutes and doing all this. I don't. But I, have a, I do have a childlike faith. And we said, God, I want to do what you want us to do. And I want to be on the path. And I want our family to be on that path with you. I don't want to be anywhere else. So when you do that prayer, interesting things can happen. So, you know, he came back last summer from Colorado and said, God, show us where you want us to go. God, show us. It. Are we going to go back to the States? Are we going to go somewhere else? God, we want to be where you're going to take us. So I got fired about three weeks ago, okay, which is actually really cool, okay. Now, I love my job. I love the company I work for. We're run, my bosses are a bunch of very solid Christian guys. And now looking back on this, on the way that things have happened, it is so totally and clearly orchestrated by God. And I can say, and I hope Maya will at least say, yes, you were, I didn't freak out. I didn't get upset too much. I didn't, I didn't wonder, well, what's going to happen? I mean, come on, to be in Dubai with then, oh, what are we going to do? Where's our rent? Are we going to move somewhere? We don't really have somewhere to move. I got two kids that got to go into school. How are we going to pay our bills? You guys know how this can go. It can drive you mad. And I just figured, okay, well, this kind of sucks. Um, all right, we'll, f- we'll figure it out. And so I had a couple options, basically. I figured, well, we can either... I can get another job in Dubai. It doesn't sound too attractive, but I could do that. We could go to Germany. We could go to the States. Or we'll do what God wants us to do. So I had lunch with Stu. And I was telling him about the situation. And, and you know, the company didn't really give me much notice. I, I'm on a three-month contract, so I have three months to figure out what's going to happen. And I was talking with Stu about the options. And nothing was getting me excited at all until I remembered a discussion I had a couple years ago with Brendan Lewis, who does We Care. Because I said, Maya, what if one day in a couple years we were to do a sabbatical year and go and work for We Care? And we kind of, you know, it popped up, we talked about it, and then it went off to the side. And I started talking with Stu about this, and I, I think that Stu saw that when I walked in, I kind of, okay, let's have lunch, Stu, and I was kind of, oh, I don't know what we're going to do. And then I left, and I felt like I was flying. I had a skip in my step, and I knew what we were going to do. So I called Maya. She didn't use four-letter words, but they were close. She was like, you are mad. What? Kurt, you're having a middle-life crisis, and I will have no part in it. All right. And so I said, if this is a plan of God, we'll test it. And we did. 
we went, we just went to Nairobi uh, last weekend to be with Brendan, and um, we went there, we got there, and God has lined all of this up. We took our kids out of school this year, meaning we didn't register them for school. We knew that we weren't going to put them back into the same school. But boy, did we have no peace with doing homeschool in Dubai. And on the 22nd of May, during one of Dan's sermons, not because I was bored, I really wasn't, but I wrote down on my phone and I showed it to Maya. And this was like two days before I got canned. I said, and it really came out of the blue. I said, I am feeling very stressed uncertain, unsettled, and nervous. I hate this feeling. I just, I knew something was going to happen. I just didn't know what it was. And we just kept saying, God, this just, this doesn't feel good. God was preparing us this whole year with a lot of decisions that we were making. At the time, we didn't know why we were doing it so that we could be released and to be able to go and serve and help build this orphanage at WeCare. In Nairobi. Had I known about that I was going to lose my job six months ago, I would have made arrangements. I would have got another job. I would have, I would have done something else. And so God knew exactly perfectly his timing on this, on when it needed to happen, so that he could put us where we asked to be. We asked to be on his path. And so he says, good, are you sure about this? You sure you want to be on my path? Yes, God, I want to follow you. I want to follow you. We're going to be in Dubai for another year. And that, no, 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 you said you wanted to follow me. Yeah. And what was it? Um, you know, if you want to make God laugh, tell him your plans. So that is exactly what has happened. We're going to go, and we had to make a decision, and we tested it. So this isn't like just okay, let's have a midlife crisis and let's go and do this. We tested it because God also asks us to test these things. So we did. We made calls. We looked into it. We, we did a decision. Was this your decision, Noah? Elliot? Yeah? We all went down there. We all went there. We all looked at it. And we all had to be de- behind this decision. And we know that it is where our family is supposed to be. So I say that we're going for a year. Currently, that's the plan. But again, we don't know. It might just be a year. That's what we feel right now. But again, we want to be where God wants us to be. And this whole process has been so invigorating also for us. Losing your job is stressful. Very stressful. No, I mean, no income. We're not going to, you know, we'll figure out how we do it in Nairobi. But fortunately, we've been saving. And so we've got it. We're going to be taken care of. And we know that. And the biggest thing is we haven't worried about it. We really haven't. And so, again, I don't want it to sound boastful like, oh, wow, you know, because, yeah, Kurt, you've got all this money. We really don't. We don't have that much. But we got enough for this year. And that's what we're going to do it for. And he says very clearly, and this has always been my favorite scripture, is six, Matthew 6.33. Seek first my kingdom and my righteousness, and everything else will be given to you. 
and not to worry. And that's been put to the test. And I think we've done all right. So, yeah, we're, we're out of here. So. <laughs> you guys want to come up? For me, it's uh, my final point was a people of calling. And I, I thought, amazing, that uh, you guys have been part of the church for just over two years, I think possibly more, almost three, three years. And uh, I remember them coming, prophesied over Elliot, and I, they may have just hooked them in, I don't know. But anyway, they decided to come, and really, Kurt and Maya have been such a blessing to City Lights. They have come and just got their hands dirty. They've got involved in the worship team, on uh, virtue, but uh, literally anything you ask them to do, they threw themselves into. And obviously the boys with the music and just being amazing. But uh, it's just so exciting, just how God has even lined up. There's a, a church that's now being planted in Nairobi by C3 Churches. I don't know if anyone's heard of that. And uh, it's just so, it, God has literally brought everything together for you guys. So, Ram, this is not official praying, but, uh, but I really just want to pray over you guys. Just I know that there's a whole lot of logistical things that need to happen over the past few, next few weeks. But just, this is a celebration. It's a sad thing that we're going to lose you guys because you're such a pillar in this church. But this is, for me, what New Testament Christianity is about. It's about finding your calling and running after it. And who knows what's going to happen after this year. But uh, you're taking years at, at a time, and I think it's so exciting. So let's, can uh, Ram Nushi start? Let's just lay hands on you guys. This is not, like I said, this is not a final goodbye, but a lot of people have already left for holiday. And we just don't want to do this while everyone's away and out of the city. So...